What's up, guys, and welcome back to the fourth episode of the Last Take Sports podcast. But before we start, we would like to welcome our special guest, Dr. Jason Novetsky from Championship Mindset Sport and Performance Psychology Coaching, as well as former D1 baseball player from the University of Southern Mississippi in Detroit Mercy. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself before we start? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Really looking forward to uh, talking to you guys and answering any questions that you guys have. Um, Yeah, so I founded the company called Champion Mindset Group, and I'm a sport performance psychology coach. And I work with athletes uh, as young as 10 years old, um, boys and girls in all different sports, all the way up to professional athletes. Uh, with the goal of helping them achieve their personal championships, whatever that might be for them, uh, by helping them understand the mental game, helping them understand uh, what pressure is and how to deal with it, and um, how to be more mentally prepared, staying focused, and recovering from adversity. Yeah, sounds really cool. Um, Anything else before we get into the questions? No, I'm looking forward to um, answering any questions you guys have. All right, so the first question we have um, is, what steps did you take to grow your business? Well, when I first started, um, I was with my partner, Dr. Jared Wood, and we uh, decided that we were going to provide as many mental skills training courses and uh, work with as many athletes as we possibly could. So we took the steps of, first and foremost, like everybody does in business today, creating a website. And we did that a long time ago. And then we got some help along the way to make it even better. Uh, we created some videos to put on the website. Uh, and then we started emailing every athlete and every coach that we've known or played for uh, to try to generate some business. And then slowly but surely, um, we got some phone calls and emails. And next thing you know, we were off and running. You know, uh, Once you get a few clients, then word of mouth starts to spread. And people started referring us uh, to each other. And then we also got into some social media advertising and got on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and those kind of things. And then uh, just took off. So it's been wonderful. Yeah. Um, Ren, do you have any follow-ups? To- no, no. I think I, I think you explained that well. Yeah. I, I actually had one. Did, when you were an athlete, like as a kid, like we are, did, did you kind of know you wanted to be this? No, I had no idea what sports psychology was back then. I mean, nobody was talking about it. Um, All we wanted to do was get stronger and throw harder and run faster and all those kind of things and light up the radar guns and hit bombs and those kind of things. So, yeah, no one really talked about the mental game. But, you know, what I do remember is is coaches always saying things like, you know, you need to concentrate. You need to focus better and, and let it go. And what I remember saying back to them is, yeah, but how do you do that? And I think that started my interest in trying to understand, like, how do you control the mental game and learn how to concentrate and focus and let things go better? And, you know, no one was talking about that back then. So as I got older and got into more higher level baseball, um, it became harder and harder just to get away with physical skills. You had to have the mental skills. And that's kind of where my story began. Um, I got to an opportunity to play Division One baseball. And my freshman year, I, I started out at Southern Miss, but got hurt, took a red shirt, ended up finishing out the year and coming home and transferring to University of Detroit because it gave me an opportunity to play right away. And my freshman year, guys, was not good. Uh, I went 2-8 and eight as a starting pitcher my freshman year and set the school record for losses in a single season as a starter. So that's not how you want to begin. 
And the frustrating part was I, w- I could throw just as hard as everybody else. And I had command of a couple pitches and I was six feet tall and 180 pounds and left-handed. So you'd think I should be able to have some success even at the D1 level. But you realize when you get to a higher level of sports that everybody's physically good. And the only separator that there's going to be, the only competitive advantage that you can have, guys, is your mind, is your mental game. So someone came to me and said, hey, you need to read this book. And it was called The Mental Game of Baseball by Harvey Bear. And I still have my copy uh, on my shelf in my office. And at first I didn't want to read it because I was admitting maybe something was wrong with me. Uh, but that wasn't the case. And finally I started reading it. And everything that Dr. Dorfman was saying in the book uh, made a lot of sense to me. So I started incorporating um, routines, pre-pitch routines, pre-game routines, learning how to visualize, learning how to talk more productively to myself, uh, came up with ways to respond to adversity. And that next season, I went 9-3 and three and set the school record for wins. And I didn't change anything physically. I didn't throw any harder or add a new pitch. It was all my head. You're right, point in your head. It was all my mindset, and I went on to have a very nice collegiate career until uh, Mr. Elbow said that was enough. And uh, my senior season, unfortunately, in the middle of my senior year, I blew up my elbow. And back then, they didn't do Tommy John surgery so quick like they do now. And uh, so that career was over. Uh, But I knew I wanted to stay in sports. So kind of coming back to your question originally, that uh, I, I knew how important the mental game was. And I said, okay, well, let's learn more about the mind and I started studying psychology and got my degrees and my master's degree and my PhD and then knew I wanted to work with athletes, uh, whether it was coaching or doing mental training. And, and that's kind of how we got to where we are today. Yeah. Yeah. So, Doctor, uh, what would you say has been your accomplished so far uh, while you've already grown your business to what it is today? Well, I think I have accomplishments every day uh, in terms of just helping my athletes accomplish their goals. You know, when I see... An athlete may come in because either they want to fix something in their mental game or they want to build their mental toolbox. Um, Anytime that they can make a a positive movement in the direction towards their goals, that's a big accomplishment for me. And obviously the biggest ones are when my high school athletes sign a scholarship agreement or, or a college athlete turns pro and signs that first contract and helping them get prepared for spring training or things like that. Those are, those are how I, uh, I see my fulfillment. It makes me feel really good helping others achieve their goals. Yeah, so what type of uh, patients do you usually deal with? Well, I really call them clients, not patients, because there's really nothing wrong with any of them. So they're clients, they're friends, they're colleagues, they're athletes. And um, I work, like I said, with uh, anybody from age about 10 and up, uh, amateur and pros, all different sports. And, you know, many times athletes come in because they want to, what I call, fix it. They want to fix a problem. Maybe they got some fear or some anxiety about playing um, or they get really nervous, things like that. Or maybe they have a hard time controlling their temper and they get easily frustrated or they're not a good leader or a good teammate. And so we work on those kind of skills. But sometimes athletes come because they're doing great, but they know to play at a higher level, they're going to have to build that mental toolbox up. So that's when we start really digging into understanding what pressure is, um, how it affects you physically and emotionally, and what are those tools and tactics that we can implement um, off the field, during games, after games, to strengthen that mindset. 
Yeah, and kind of leading to my question, in what ways do your studies kind of help athletes perform at that next level? Well, one of the big things we talk about is pressure. So let's define that. So in our studies in the field of sports psychology, we understand that pressure is uh, three things combined. It's a situation that you're in where it's important to you, you care about what you're doing, that uh, you don't know what's going to happen, so that outcome is uncertain, and based on that uncertain outcome that you care a lot about, you're going to be judged. You're going to be evaluated. So that's a pressure situation. And then that pressure situation, what we know now through the research in, in sports psychology, is going to have a physical impact on you. And so what I mean by that, guys, is if you choose to see a pressure situation as a threat, then there's a little thing in your brain called the amygdala. And it's a little organ in your brain that is the emotional center. And when you feel threatened, it produces certain neurochemicals. And one of them is called cortisol. And I don't expect everybody to remember all this, but it's important to understand what's going on. So when that cortisol, which is the stress hormone, is cascading all the way through your blood and oxygen levels in your body, it locks things up. It slows it down. And that's what we call choking. So when guys choke, it's because they're focusing the pressure on a threat. They are so worried about what other people think, who's watching, so many things that they cannot control is that's what they're focusing on. And when you focus on things you cannot control, you're going to feel threatened and you're going to choke. But when athletes learn how to deal with pressure by having routines and learning how to control their breathing and practicing visualization and relaxation drills, then they see every pressure situation as a challenge and an opportunity. And when you see it as a challenge and an opportunity, then a different hormone is produced in your brain, and that's called testosterone. And that's what gives us confidence. And so when we manage the way we look at pressure, we can actually become more confident in that situation, and that's when we're really going to flourish. So we've learned a lot about the mind-body connection and when we study sport and performance psychology. Yeah, yeah. you pitched um, your first your freshman year when you said you went two and eight or something. That's right. Do you feel like the pressure, and you kind of felt that. Absolutely, that's a great question. I mean, I was so focused on the scouts and the, my teammates and the other team and worried about what my coach was thinking and, and the fans and what the media might write and things like that, that I wasn't in the moment. And where I needed to be focused is on one pitch at a time. What do I need to do to execute this pitch and hit my spot and give my, give my team the best chance to win? And so when I learned that that was where my mindset should be, then things started to click. Then I was learning how to pay attention to what I was paying attention to. And so I was able to notice, like, okay, let's take a step back here. Let's step off. Let's take a breath because I'm not in this present moment. I need to get back into my routine and focus on executing this pitch. And that's one of the big strategies we work on in all sports is having a, a pre-play or a pre-pitch or a pre-shot routine because when you have a nice routine, that gets you focused back in the present moment. And that's what really helped me uh, get back on track. Yeah, doctor. So currently uh, today, uh, the coronavirus uh, pandemic has ended a lot of seasons for yeah, kids yeah. and professional to the professional level. How do you think uh, this might be affecting some of these athletes psychologically who whose seasons that have been cut short? That's a great question, and it's so relevant right now. Um, you know, I'm 
my practice now has moved obviously to working from home like I am today with you guys. And uh, that's what we're learning how to adjust to is being isolated. And the fact that their seasons have been delayed or canceled um, is having an enormous impact on on our feelings. And so a lot of my athletes are a little depressed. They're very frustrated. And what I'm trying to do to help them get through this is to keep things in what we call perspective. And so we need to remember that just because something's been delayed or canceled, um, it's not the end of the world. And there's some more important things out there that are happening. Uh, People are losing their lives, their jobs, their money, uh, their family members and loved ones. And so we have to remember that what we do is is we play sports and there's a lot of important things out there. Yeah, and because of uh, this pandemic, I'm sure a lot of athletes are starting to be uh, psychologically uh, drained almost because they just want to get back on the field. They want to get back out playing sports, but instead they have to be held inside their house and isolated. Yeah, and I'm having a little bit of trouble hearing you. I'm not sure whose mic is moving around or not, but um, can you repeat the question? Yeah, so I said uh, how might be psychologically drained because they just want to get back out on the field or they want to get back out on the court just to play some sports but instead yeah. they have to be isolated inside their house right and it's uh, so what we've been talking about is developing what we call mini goals or a different routine now so we have to accept that you know we can't control what's going on out there in the world but we can do our part um, and the, what you can do as an athlete right now to stay on top of your game is work out as best you can at home Set up a daily schedule, so I'm encouraging all my athletes to get up at a decent time, not to sleep in too much. You know, get up before nine o'clock. Um, if you're in school and you need to take care of business there, get that taken care of. Um, get a physical workout in at least once a day, sometimes more than once a day. Um, do some mental training, which I mean by that is the drills I teach them for focus and concentration and um, visualization and reviewing their goals things like that, that they can keep themselves busy and productive each day. Because if we're still making progress, guys, towards something that we're trying to achieve in the future, we're going to be a lot happier because progress equals happiness. But if you're just sitting around on your butt playing video games and eating chips all day, eventually you're going to get pretty depressed. Um, Another thing I would have them do is stay connected, stay connected to their friends, have some Zoom or FaceTime chats at least once a day. Um, watch some movies and play some games with their families, get outside, walk the dog, go for a run, stay active, stay productive, um, and then we can reduce the idea or the possibility that we're going to get depressed and, and get that emotional drainage. Oh, yeah. You kind of mentioned this a little earlier, but have you ever worked with professional athletes or players who eventually got to the professional level? Yeah, I've been very fortunate to help uh, several of my guys uh, turn pro. Um, had a lot of pro athletes come to me that were already pros. Um, you know, and all their needs are a little, di- little bit different. Um, one thing that I think um, a lot of uh, guys that are moving into the pro ranks struggle with is the idea that they need to be perfect when they get to the pro level. Or a guy going maybe from double A AA to triple A AA or triple A AAA to the major leagues. They always feel like they have to do something different. And I always try to remind them that you got selected or drafted or moved up because of what you have been doing. And so just keep doing that when you get to the next level. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit more challenging. The players are going to be better. They're going to be faster. But you'll adjust over time. But just keep doing what you've been doing and trust yourself, and you're going to be successful at that next level. The guys that struggle and bounce back and forth 
are the guys that get under the bright lights and the cities with the tall buildings and they think they have to do something different or throw harder or hit different spots when they're pitchers and things like that. And that's when they get out of themselves and that's when they get into the most trouble with their performance. Yeah, would you yeah, uh, so, like to name some of those uh, professional athletes that you've worked with? Yeah, unfortunately, I can't do that. Oh. <laughs> that would be breaking some <laughs> confidentiality. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, uh, did you did you uh, find yourself that having the right mindset while you were a player really helped you uh, be successful? 100%. I mean, that was, the, that was the tipping point. Because like I said, physically, I was just as good as everybody else. But mentally, I was I was terrible. I was so frustrated. My body language was terrible after adversity. And when your body language is so bad and negative, it just it's contagious and it brings everybody around you down. And as a pitcher, if your body language is bad, your infielder's body language is going to get bad, and they're not going to perform well. And the other team's going to read that, and that's going to increase their confidence when they see you kicking dirt around or putting your head down and and chirping at the umpires and things like that, that just makes the other team feel more confident. So for sure, when I started getting a grip on the importance of being prepared and staying focused and managing my confidence, then things really turned around for me, and that's when I really experienced a lot of success. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, your first year playing uh, college baseball. You said you really had a troubled year Mm -hmm. throughout the Injury wise and everything, and also well, injuries mentioned. weren't. Yeah, injuries weren't until my senior year, but yeah. Oh, definitely, all right. Definitely but it was mentally, difficult. Yeah. Yeah, mentally, you said. Uh, so, what do you think was the hardest part mentally to try to get yourself turned around? And after you saw yourself getting rocked, or you took a couple <laughs> losses in a row. Yeah, well, I definitely got rocked quite a bit, no doubt about it. I needed a neck brace in one game. The balls are flying out of there so fast. But uh, it was really just about being in the moment. So once I learned what that meant and what that means, guys, is focusing on the task at hand, because when you're paying attention to what you need to do in this very moment, and it could be something simple, like I needed to remind myself to take a breath, to focus on the current situation in the game, to focus on what kind of pitch I wanted to throw and where I wanted to throw it, and then visualize that pitch before I threw it. Once I was doing that, I wasn't thinking about anything else. And so once that happened, I started having immediate success because it's all about being in the present moment. Because when we're in the present moment, there is no pressure. There's no fear because you're so focused on what you're doing. There's no room for anything else to get in there. So when people say, well, just don't think about those other things, that's terrible advice. You have to figure out what you need to think about instead of what not to think about. So focusing on what you need to do is way more important than focusing on what not to do. Uh, yeah, something a little bit to ask you. Did you kind of have to have a coach, like kind of like you do, like when you were a student athlete or not even a student athlete, a youth athlete, did you ever feel like you needed someone like you? You know, I didn't. Even, it wasn't even aware of it. Uh, because like I said back then, there nobody was talking about this stuff. And people would mention, like, don't make mental mistakes and things like that. But I, we didn't even know what that meant. Uh, you know, what was a me- – I didn't know what that meant. So I think coaches, um, they were they were trying and, and they, had their, they had their minds in the right place to help. But I don't think anybody knew how to teach that. Right. Um, and so like I said, until I got to college and somebody gave me that book – it kind of opened up a whole new world. And I started reading different books about it. And remember, guys, this is before the internet. 
So no YouTube, no Amazon. You know, if you wanted to order a book, it took four weeks to get to your house. There was no overnight shipping, and uh, you couldn't just Google anything. It was you had to find a book, read it, study it, and really put your effort into it uh, to make a significant change. Yeah, uh, transitioning to your baseball career a little bit here, what would you say the major difference between being a high school baseball player and a college baseball player was? Yeah, I would say that, you know how in high school where the top three or four guys in a lineup are really good? Yeah. Everybody else yeah. just kind of falls into place. But when you get yeah. to D1 baseball, that's one through nine. Because all those guys in the lineup were the top three hitters on all the high school teams combined. And then when you get to the pros... Then it's the top three of the top three. And, it, and as you go up that pyramid of playing in higher level sports, it's everybody's good. And so, like I said earlier, the only way you're going to separate yourself is to have a strong, mentally tough mindset to separate yourself. Because every guy that gets drafted is a good player. Otherwise, they wouldn't be drafted. But how come they all don't make it? Well, a lot of them don't make it because they don't know how to handle the pressure. And they don't know how to play consistently at their level. And they don't know how to stay within themselves. And they don't put in the effort uh, physically or mentally when they get there. And so, you know, and that's true in life. That's not just sports. You know, you might be a great student now, but when you get to college, those are all the best students in their high school. And then when you get to the job market, you're competing against the best of the best from there. And then once you get to your company, only the best of the best are going to make it to the top. And so it's going to be ongoing, continuous improvement of your body and your mind uh, to have the success that you really want to have if you have high high achieving goals. Yeah, doctor, you mentioned that when you were in college, everybody in the lineup one through nine was very skilled and physically all all, all at the same level, basically right. all very skilled players. So you mentioned, or actually, did you find stressful for you? that knowing that everyone is good and you have to assert yourself to be better than the rest, even though they're all very skilled. I had to have the mindset that I had to improve every day. And if I didn't improve every day at some level, they're going to eat my lunch. And so I wanted to have that feeling of guilt that if I was sitting around not doing anything, my competition was. And so I kind of had the mindset that I wanted to be the last guy on the treadmill. You know, I'm not getting off until you get off. And so I wanted to work harder physically and mentally than everybody else. Because if I didn't, I was going to be embarrassed out there because those guys were working hard just like me. And it really came down to who wanted it more and who was going to work the hardest. So when you get to a higher level, nothing's easy. And and that was a hard lesson to learn because in high school, um, all the guys I played with in high school attest to this. It was pretty easy. You know, if you if you threw hard or if you were stronger than most of the guys, you were going to have it easy. But when you get to another level, like I said, they're all as good as you. And so if you haven't developed that mindset of working harder than everybody else, you're not going to stick around very long. Um, yeah, being a student athlete at the collegiate level, was it physically and or psychology, psychologically training? Psychologically. Psychologically. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, Yeah, yes and no. I mean, it was probably the best time of my life to be playing college sports. So I'm not going to say it was draining. Uh, Was it difficult? Yeah. Was it challenging? For sure. Because when you're a student athlete at the D1 level, you have to learn how to manage your time uh, because you got practice, you've got workouts, you got class, you want to have a little bit of a social life, you're traveling. 
Um, you got to take care of your body. You got to get enough sleep. You got to eat right. So yeah, you have to learn how to manage your time and, you know, and you have to make the right choices. And so here's something really important for your listener, listeners to understand. Everybody always thinks you guys have all kinds of choices in your life. Well, let me, let me tell you something. If you want to have success, you really don't have choices. There's a certain pathway to be successful and you either take that path or you don't. And so if you want to be a successful businessman or a successful athlete, there's a path. It's going to be hard work. It's going to be dedication. And there's going to be a lot of sacrifice along the way. And if you want to be a great athlete, you're going to have to sacrifice spending some time with your friends. You're going to have to sacrifice going to parties and hanging out late at night. Because if you do, if you choose all those things, there's no way you're going to have success on the field. And I always tell my athletes this. You can do anything you want. You just cannot do everything you want. And there's a difference there. Um, so there's a lot of choices, but there's only one real pathway towards success. And it's up to you if you're going to choose it or not. Yeah, so yeah it, was, it, was, it was difficult. You mentioned like partying and um, you got to manage your time well. When you were a college athlete, did you kind of find that difficult when you see all your friends going to parties and you kind of just have to stay, get some sleep for tomorrow's game or practice? 100%. You, 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 it's so difficult because you know they're out there having some fun and, and hanging out and, and you know there's going to be great stories told the next day about the party. But, you know... When you do that once or twice and you give in to that temptation and then you get rocked or you go 0 for 4 the next day, then you remember the choice you made and then you'll never do that again. So, yeah, it was difficult. There's no doubt. And one thing I would say to that is you got to choose the people you hang out with wisely because you're going to become the average of the five people you hang out with the most. And that inner circle of guys and girls that you hang out with need to be on the same page as you. Your best friends need to understand that, hey, sometimes you're going to have to say no to go somewhere. And, and you want them to be okay with that. Because if you have people in your inner circle that are always trying to get you to do things that you shouldn't be doing, those aren't the kind of friends you want to hang out with. So, you know, early in life, you need to choose wisely the kind of people you're going to hang out with. And I certainly made some mistakes along the way, choosing some of the wrong friends and got in a little trouble here and there. Uh, but, hope, you know, thankfully it wasn't too big of trouble. And quickly made some better decisions and started hanging out with people that had the same goals in mind that I did. So at the collegiate level, did you find yourself a little stressed? You had to control uh, where to go and like with your social life, being a student and also being an athlete. Absolutely. And, you know, it wasn't as bad as it is now where everybody's got a cell phone and is taking pictures of you and stuff like that. But you still had to be aware of the places you were and the people you hung out with. And yeah, it was a little stressful from time to time, but I don't want to make it sound like it was terrible. Like I said, playing college sports was the most fun I've ever had. And the relationships that I built uh, as teammates and my coaches, I still talk to those guys to this day and we get together a lot and tell old stories. So yeah, the stress and the, the sacrifice, 100% worth it. And I do it again 100 times in a row. Yeah. So talking about the memories you made, what do you think was your favorite memory you had playing Division One baseball? Well, there's so many. Uh, in terms of on the field, um, one season at U of D, we went 36 and 18, and we were one game away from going to the College World Series. Uh, we were playing. I actually had beaten Notre Dame earlier that year at Notre Dame, so that was a great accomplishment. Uh, and then I was beating them again in our conference tournament. 
and came out of the game late in the game with a lead. And unfortunately, uh, our team didn't pull it off. And that was the game that we could have made it to the College World Series. So we were so close. Uh, and that was a big disappointment, but a great learning experience, too. Did you make any great memories off the field, not just like while playing the game? Yeah, because, you know, hanging out with the guys in the locker room, um, hanging out at campus and, and, you know, certainly still went to a lot of parties and things like that, but I was just responsible for it. But, you know, traveling in the vans and on the buses and on the planes with everybody, uh, so many great stories, so many great memories and so many great relationships and friendships. And now we're all watching our, each other's kids grow up and play sports. And now they're going to college and playing ball and other things. So, you know, that's the connection and the network that you have when you're a, a college athlete. Yeah, so I think that wraps up like the question part. Is there anything else that anybody else has to say before we end it here? Or? Um, no, but... To ask you, do you have anything else you want to shout out for business or... Yeah, well, yeah, certainly business would be great. Um, but one thing I want to leave you guys with in terms of uh, what we're dealing with now is everybody talks about being positive or being negative. And... We don't want to be overly negative. Certainly there's a lot of negative stuff going on right now and you want to be careful with what you surround yourself with and how much negative content you're consuming on a daily basis. But at the same time, I don't want you to be overly positive either because if I tell you to be positive when negative things are happening, it probably makes you angry and frustrated because it's really hard to be real positive when there's a lot of bad stuff happening. So I would say this, be neutral, be down the middle, focus on what we can control. You know, every day you can control what you choose to watch, what you choose to say out loud, focusing on your task, having a schedule, being productive every day, getting your homework done, getting physical workouts in, getting mental training in, uh, helping others, being kind, donating resources. You know, focus on doing some things that will be helpful, that will be productive. And then from that, you're going to have positive outcomes. And then in the end, we'll all be better off for it. And uh, I think we'll all come out stronger on the other end of this. So I thank you guys for having me on. If you want to reach me out there, uh, my website is www.champmindset.com. The name of the company is Champion Mindset Group. And like I said, I work with all athletes and performers uh, on mental skills training. I'd be happy to work with you as well. Yeah. Um, once again, uh, we'd like to thank you for joining us today. And I think that wraps it up. So we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.